All right, guys, gals, welcome back to another week of the Football Lab Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Corey, joined as always by Jared. Um, Jared, I kind of want to start this off a little different this week. I want us to take a brief moment of silence in remembrance of the 2021 regular season. All right, now that we got that out the way, what the hell is going on? Oh, my God, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Is this the new Norman football, or is this just like so I, have, I have a thought, um, which I was going to get to once we actually get to the coaching changes. So let's save that for that. Um, doesn't it feel like Georgia, Georgia Tech was like a year ago now? Dude, I went to that game. Yeah, that was Saturday. And so much has happened that I honestly just don't uh, – <laughs> I don't – I really don't know what to make of it. I mean, we're talking about like Titanic once in a generation move, and we've had like five of them. (laughs) We've had, we were talking right before we started, I mean, you had two coaches that have coached in the playoff within the last three years that have left those programs. Yeah. Yeah. You just wouldn't think that'd be the case. They both coached in the playoffs multiple times, and they both just up and left, just, just walked out. I guess this is as good a time as any to ask this question. Like, it almost seems like a foregone conclusion that then in the next two to five years, the playoffs will expand. So that's the craziest thing lost in all of this. Tomorrow, they could announce that the playoff is now 12 teams. Tomorrow is the deadline. So if they announce it tomorrow, it would take effect for the 2022 season? 2023 or 2024 is the first year it would actually go into effect. But that's being completely lost in all this other nonsense is that we have, like, one of the biggest votes in the history of college football tomorrow. I mean, golly, I didn't realize tomorrow was the date, but I knew it was coming. Well, uh, man. All right, let's, let's, yeah, go, let's just go, go into let's it. Go, let's, let's get into our routine. Uh, five more ranked teams go down in week 12. Three of them were ranked to unranked matchups. Um, so for the regular season, it gives us a total of 83 ranked teams losing. With 48 of those losses being to unranked teams. Over half of the ranked losses for the season were to unranked teams. That is a mind-blowing stat. And I feel pretty confident that we're going to do this podcast next season as well. I say we, we have to compare these counts. Yeah, we'll keep because, a running tally because I want to like. I don't have the time to go back and do like previous seasons, but I mean, well, this like I feel like no other year is going to close to this. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's insane. I feel like it's like a rubber band that's just been pulled back to the point that COVID twenty twenty with COVID was just like pulling the rubber band back, and then everything that kind of happened with NIL, the transfer portal, um, possibility of playoffs, TV deals. It's a uh, Texas, combo, Jared. I, I mean, Texas, Oklahoma, I mean, the F- SEC, it's just like that Robert, That that started the season off. Texas <laughs> and Oklahoma coming to the SEC, and then it has just been This season started crazy. hot, and it had stayed hot. <laughs> I mean, we had one week where we were like, ah, this is probably like the craziest <laughs> week any other it's season. like one <laughs> week without hot takes. You're like, all right, I guess it's coming down. No, we weren't even. <laughs> We weren't even close to being ready for what was going to happen once the regular season actually ended. Oh, my God. That was two weeks ago. (laughs) 
that I mean, basically, that was our last podcast that we said that. Uh, yeah, it was like week eleven, maybe eleven or twelve. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it hasn't it was, been that long. Just talking about the football games, it was like the perfect ending to the season too. Um, not even going through all the coaching stuff and just Michigan, you know, whooping up on Ohio State. Nobody saw it coming. Nope. Uh, the Oklahoma Oklahoma State game was insane. Uh, Auburn blew another lead. But they blew it to, at the time, number three Alabama. They're still number three. Uh, oh, did they stay? No- yeah, that's right. They did stay, stay three. They dropped to four uh-huh. in the AP polls. That's but right. Those uh, don't matter anymore. What? There was something else. Oh, on a Friday night, uh, UNC had a nine-point lead with the minute and a half left and lost the game. Yeah. Like six. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, dad was t- my dad was telling me about this, and he was like, "The NC State North Carolina game was probably one of the craziest games he's ever seen." And he <laughs> said was, that exact it thing. Was, it was nuts. They were down nine points with a minute thirty six left, and came back and won the game. I mean, oof. whoa, whoa. <laughs> uh, so Ohio State, Oklahoma, Wisconsin, Texas A and M, and UTSA sadly uh, all lost this week. Uh, Meep. Sad meeps, sad meep. Meep. <laughs> oh. uh, so I, I saw this stat and it blew my mind. For the first time in the history of college football, Florida State, USC, Nebraska, and Texas will all finish with losing records. That that's pretty insane. And then there was that stat that me and you were going back and forth on uh, about Florida, Texas, and LSU. When was the last time they had all three missed a bowl? Well. Florida, Florida, uh, Florida, and LSU both won. Yep, and we're going to the Independence Bowl, baby. <laughs> going bowling. Uh, Did you make so, LSU and Florida play each other in the bowl game with their new head coaches? I mean, I guess that's what'll happen. <laughs> but that that streak will continue on from 1956. Uh, we thought it was going to go survives. down. It, it survives. survives another year. We still haven't had a losing season. Uh, we win the bowl game. We still haven't had a losing season since like 1999. Well, that's impressive. Yeah. Um, so Georgia and Cincinnati are the only two teams that remain undefeated. Um, really, they just got to get through one more weekend, man. Yeah, uh, since he's got to play Houston, Georgia's got to play Bama. Um, we'll get into those later, but it, it feels like both of these teams are going to come away undefeated next week but man with after this weekend and just this season as a whole who knows what could happen dude it's uh yeah man there's no there's no tell i mean if you would have told me like you have to bet your entire paycheck on one team that is for sure going to win next week i I think i would have picked ohio state i thought for sure they were going to beat michigan and they got crushed by michigan Michigan. (laughs) i mean they that was Big boy, Big Ten football, right there. That that was a great game. I actually rewatched it today. Um, it's just a awesome game. Yeah. All right. So, where do you want to start on this coaching stuff? Do we want to start chronologically, I mean, or do we just kind of want to? I, I I guess we could just. I mean, I don't even know how you say anything is chronological at this point. Stuff's been coming out all over the place. Well, let's uh, start with like the actual documented, like this is what we know for sure. All right, let's so, go through it. Saturday night after Bedlam, uh, Lincoln Riley got interviewed, and he flat out said, I am not going to be the next head.
head coach at LSU. Can you believe no one asked immediately, like, are you going to be the head coach of Oklahoma? No one asked that question. Everyone just assumed when he said, I will not be the head coach at LSU, they were like, oh, okay, he's staying. Well, yeah, because you hadn't heard anything else. And then you wake up Sunday morning and he's going to USC. And based on some of the things that have come out since he's been hired, this is not something that just happened that came together Saturday night and Sunday morning. This has basically been going on ongoing since like September. Yeah, that, I saw that. That this has been ongoing since September. And I gotta tell you, if it's been going on that long, and I'm not in Lincoln Riley's position. But, oh, boy, he does not look good for the way this is going down right now. He used another school's resources to recruit players to another school. Yeah, yeah, and he already has the number one. Is it the number one or number two overall player for the 2023 class? He, uh, The quarterback's number two. Yeah, so they've already had two players transfer, Spencer Rattler and Jaden Hazelwood, both former five stars. Um, they lost two four stars from their class for this season. And they lost three five-stars and one four-star for the 2023 class, which one of those has already committed to USC. And all of that happened within just a few hours. Was it Saturday or Sunday? So he was officially, well, the rumors, the leaks got out like Sunday around noon, let's just say. Yeah. And then pretty much by Sunday at three, it was official. Whew. And then, yeah, I mean, it's just like every day you turn around and there's either uh, somebody decommitting or like every hour, a couple hours you turn around, somebody decommitting or somebody's transferring. Um, so, I, and I mean, he he leaves Oklahoma to go to his USC press conference. He's got four coaches with him. Yeah, that was the thing that I, I was listening to on the Paul Feinbaum show today. The, the lead Oklahoma beat writer said he showed up to the airport to interview Lincoln Riley, and he's got he's like, man, he had his whole coaching staff with him. He had, he like, had defense coordinator Alex Wrench. He didn't tell anybody. Uh, strength and conditioning coach, and I want to say like two other like offensive coaches. They all just got on the plane with him, just went to USC. They're not coming back. No, they're not coming back. And oh, Sooner Nation is probably – Oh my God! I can't even imagine what would happen if he got set down at a bar in Norman. Oh, he'd, die. he'd somebody kill him. <laughs> I think somebody would legit kill him for the way he handled this. Like, you know, like there's not a person, I don't think, for the rest of this football season that's going to look better than Bob Stoops looks right now. Uh, that's fair. And Bob, and you know, think Lincoln Riley. I I know he probably has a lot of respect for Bob Stoops. Um, or wait, no, no, Bob is. I always get these confused. Bob is a former coach, right? Bob is a former head coach at Mark is at Kentucky. Mark is at Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. So Bob is, they brought him back to be the interim coach, which is kind of crazy. And Bob is kind of talking people off the ledge about Lincoln. And I guess Lincoln didn't handle this right. But to be fair, what they are offering Lincoln Riley, how do you say no to that? He had two homes in Norman. They paid 500 grand above asking price. One of them still in the process of being built. So they bought both, which is essentially a million dollar signing bonus. They bought him a six hundred dollar or six million dollar mansion, which is, if I understand this right, was uh, George Bush Senior's home. Okay. Uh, they are paying. He, he basically him and his family get to use the private jet at any point, twenty four seven. And how much is he making a year? 
Uh, is it like 10? 10? Yeah, I think it's like 10. I, I heard someone say this today, and I he's using Urban Meyer's playbook. Because when Urban Meyer came to the SEC, the SEC was down. And he took Florida to prominence. And that was also about the same time that the SEC started popping off. And he left for the Big Ten, which was kind of down at the time. I mean, that's not wrong. I mean, it's not wrong. I mean, he had reasons, health, scandals, whatever, that he left. But it always seemed like he went to a power conference that was weak at the time. Oh, can you imagine a prime Urban Meyer who doesn't have to come up with excuses and why he wants to leave? Yeah. He just means roll out with half his coaching staff? I mean, but in a way, minus some of the scum, I mean, at this point in his career, we don't know who Lincoln Riley ultimately is going to be. But he is leaving the Big 12, which you could say the whole conference is in flux because Oklahoma's going to the SEC, which is a yep. nightmare, especially People, if he, he is, wanted nothing with, nothing to do with the SEC. He wanted yeah. as far away from the SEC as he could get. So now he's going to go to the Pac-12, where the only other coach that's going to challenge him in any way is Mario Cristobal, if Mario, in fact, stays, which we don't know that that's 100%. I mean, I got to figure at this point, if Miami hasn't fired Manny Diaz, they're probably not going to. Which is insane. To me, it says they just don't want to spend the money. What They, they realize don't. that they're not one of the heavy hitters in this crazy coaching search that's going on right now, so they're just going to hope next year isn't as wild. Oh. Um, yes, I mean, it's just, it's, it's nuts. Um, that's... One of the craziest moves of all time. So Oklahoma now, uh, there's been a lot of reports that they're probably going to hire Brent Venables away from Clemson. Um, nothing official has come out yet. I guess they're just taking their time with it. To me, it kind of feels like a panic hire. I mean, I know he's been there, but he's never been a head coach. I yeah, and, and honestly, like, I mean, it sounds like Luke Fickle. I'm guessing in my mind Luke Fickle is going to work at Ohio State or just stay at Cincy from the sounds of it. No, I think he, I think if, so here's kind of the, the tricky part of all this. It's what happens if the Bears hire um, Ryan Day and the LSU job's available? Wait, say that again? What if the Bears fire Matt Nagy and hire Ryan Day? Ooh. Then the OSU's job's open, Ooh. and their James job's open, the Cincinnati job becomes open because he's going to take Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, Matt Nagy's going to get fired. It's, whether it's this season or next, he's getting fired. Well, I mean, he's, there's been like two or three seasons in a row he's probably should have been fired. I, I thought he was going to get fired last season. I would think that you would fire him this season. But it is the Bears, so they are kind of notorious for – Right. T- t- they're kind of like the Lions. They'll uh, to the dirt just on yeah. pride. It seems like it. Like they're just hell-bent on being like, well, this is a five-year rebuild. Well, okay, that's fine, but have you improved or gotten worse? They've gotten worse, so he's, yeah. it's time to move on. Yeah. Uh, anyways, back to the college side. So, I think Fickle, I think he's holding out for Notre Dame. He's going to, I mean, as of right now, they're still in the playoff. He has wait. no reason to rush his decision. Notre Dame's going to wait. Um, I don't wait, think wait. they're going to rush to make a decision. Oh, okay, I gotcha, I gotcha. I mean, I know there's a lot of talk about like them making Marcus Freeman the head coach, but until you know for sure you're not getting Fickle, I don't know. Do that. All right. Well, let's just move right into that then. With that's a good segue into LSU hiring Brian Kelly. Is he? He's already the LSU head coach. Notre Dame 
is kind of poised, especially if Iowa beats Michigan and Georgia beats Bama. They're going to be in the playoffs, or since he loses. Right. So if Bama, Cincy, or Michigan lose, or any two or of those State. lose, or Oklahoma State, Notre Dame is going to be in the playoffs. And with, with a head coach with a brand new head coach, I am. Their AD I, said they're not naming an interim head coach. I am so confused. All right, so they're just going to let the coordinators run this show? There's no head coach in Notre Dame right now. There's oh. not going to be. A, at this at this point in time, Notre Dame has no intention of naming a head coach for the foreseeable future. I was listening to Josh Pate last week, and he was talking about what an amazing – just unrelated to the co- coaching search. He was just trying to kind of put in perspective of what Brian Kelly has done up at Notre Dame and was talking about how this is a down year for them. They're in a rebuild mode, and they're they are they 11-1 and one or 10-1? They're 11-1. So basically saying what he's able to accomplish at that school with what he's able to kind of recruit. And it's not necessarily he doesn't have the resources. It's just there's only a certain type of person that's going to be able to go to Notre Dame. I mean, the truth is you have to have a 23 on the ACT. And it's a fact of the matter that most of your four stars and five stars don't get 23s on the ACT. Hey, yeah. I mean, when you look at where these kids are coming, I mean, you know, I mean, you look at Georgia. <clears throat> Our middle linebacker is a 4.0 engineering student. I would say he is an exception. <laughs> like, there has got to right. be a lot of guys. It's it, The standards are higher at Georgia, but still. You know where they're pretty much rock bottom at? Alabama. LSU. <laughs> Both. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But, but you're right, though. Like You're not going to have to be some kind of genius to make it through those programs. You, you're going to have to be a pretty intelligent human being to get through Notre Dame. Right. And, the, I mean, the other side of it, too, I mean, there's not a ton of football talent that comes out of the state of Indiana. No, they're having to reach. I mean, so they have to go national, which, I mean, I think it only helps. I mean, if you lock down the state of Louisiana, you can go cherry-pick some national pro- prospects. I mean, you can build yeah. a monster at LSU. Yeah, I mean, and here's the thing. With what's going on in Oklahoma and Texas, LSU has got some prime, prime states. Dude, Bama's slipping. Jimbo's not as good as everybody thought he was. Lane Kiffin's not going to be at Ole Miss forever. That's pretty much clear. (laughs) Okay, real quick. This is a small segment just on Lane Kiffin. How mad do you think the AD just stays at that guy? I mean, him just trolling with all. I these- mean, if you hire Lane Kiffin, you know what you're getting into. You just kind of <laughs> got, you just kind of grin and bear it, man. I mean, but he's just right out in the open saying, "I'm a mercenary. I'll leave. The price is right. I'll leave." I mean, that's essentially what he's saying. And you, you as the old Miss AD, have just got to be like, "Well, I knew this could happen. I'm going to have to just have you know an ace in my pocket of who I'm going to hire." When Lane Kiffin just disappears one day. Yeah, for sure. Um, So on the Brian Kelly hire, uh, I hated it when it first broke last night. I think it was like the shock of this name's coming out of nowhere. I don't really know the whole – I mean, I know who Brian Kelly is, obviously, but I've never like dug into Brian Kelly, and I'm just like, why are we doing this? And then you start looking at the resume, you start looking at the results, you're like, all right, I mean, he – Duke can coach. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he's an asshole, but yeah. so is Nick. 
Well, I heard someone say this today that this is the best coaching resume resume to ever come into. LSU. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, Nick when, Saban became uh, Nick look Saban. At our afterwards. three, our last three national head, our national championship head coaches. Saban came in with like a fifty percent winning record. Um, Miles came in with like a fifty percent winning record. Ed came in with like a forty percent winning record. Guys coming in with like a seventy five percent winning record. Well, I mean, you got to think Ed was kind of a panic hire, like. He was just an interim coach at first, am I right? Yep. So I think this is what Notre Dame's afraid with with Marcus Freeman, is they don't want to name him the interim coach, him go out and like win the bowl game, or if they somehow screw up and make the playoff and he wins a playoff game, not that's going to happen. But if you're not sold on Marcus Freeman, you're putting yourself in a dangerous spot by naming him as your interim head coach. Yeah, because more than likely with the talent they've got on that team, they have they have a good chance to win depending on their opponent. If they have to play Georgia, probably not. Right. If they have to play Cincy or Michigan or Oklahoma State or whatever the situation is up being, I would say they've got a better, better than 50% shot with those teams. And if he wins and he ends up locked as your coach and he turns out to be terrible, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it then. I don't think, I don't think, so much, I don't think he's going to turn out to be terrible. He's young. He's 35. Ooh. I mean, and that's young, and your and your offense coordinator. It should he not come to LSU with him? It's twenty nine. Yeah, Ooh. I mean that's his coordinators are very very young. But I yeah, like what 29. I mean. I like Brian Kelly going after him. He's telling Notre Dame, "You either make him the head coach, or I'm going to try to steal him." Well, and, and I will have to say that is the difference between Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. Um, Lincoln Riley just. Like you kind of found out on the tarmac what he was doing, whereas Brian Kelly is just like, "This is my plan." So, right, you figure uh, it out. I don't think Notre Dame <laughs> will see a mass exodus like no. Oklahoma skin, just for simple fact. There's the whole religious factor of you know Catholics going to Notre Dame and things like that. And I just I don't I mean he we didn't steal half the Notre Dame staff in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, and the other part is like it's like we've talked about all season. I know I've said it. I know you've. We talked about it. LSU is a race car without a driver. It just got a driver. So he's the best X's and O's coach we have had since Nick Saban, and it's not even close. Well, and here's the other thing, too. You can just tell by the athletes you put out there. I mean, you beat Texas A&M. You hung with Bama. You crushed Florida. <laughs> I mean, I know it was the well, score wasn't it, but we, we, no, no, we outscored Florida. <laughs> no, no, I know the score, but y'all manhandled Florida. Well, we ran the same play over and over again because they couldn't stop it. But that's what I'm saying, though. You've got guys. Now and you're going to coach those guys up, and y'all are going to be dangerous quick. Yeah, and then the question becomes like, well, who, how does he feel out the rest of his staff? I mean, the team's got a track record of hiring a lot of really good assistants. He. Was Mike El- He worked for Mike Elko before Elko went to Texas A&M. I mean, he's, he's had a good track record. I'm not worried about it. There's going to be a couple of LSU guys that are definitely staying. Uh, I think Corey Raymond's definitely staying. Kevin Falk probably going to stay. Brad Davis possibly too. There, there could be a couple of guys from LSU staff that well, stays. Kevin um, Falk. I mean, a lot. Of, yeah, I think you're right because I mean, what better way to get plugged into the local pipeline? That's the thing. He has no experience really. I mean, he's got some experience recruiting in Louisiana, but he doesn't understand like probably the intricacies of like New Orleans and like all that kind of stuff. So having those Louisiana guys on staff that know how to recruit Louisiana is going to be golden for them. Yeah, he can teach them the X's and O's. If they've got the recruiting chops, I think he knows he needs to hang on to that. Yeah, 
So I would be the greatest coach in the world, but if you've got a bunch of three stars, that's not. I mean, look at Florida. It's not gonna. It's not gonna compete. Just one last. All right. So we've kind of covered the the shock news of the coaching search before we start moving on to the rest of it. Anything else? Um, I think we. I think yeah, I think we've got all the way down to Florida hiring their coach. So yeah, well, I so think this made is, it I guess through. to the LSU side too. You know, Florida fans are saying, "Oh, we went into Louisiana and stole their best coach." ULL fans are mad that LSU didn't want their coach. Um, so Florida hires Billy Napier. I think Napier is a good coach, but I mean, you can't compare the resumes of a Billy Napier and uh, uh, Brian Kelly at this point. No. No, Billy Napier just doesn't have the big boy experience that Brian Kelly has. Um, I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out over time which was a better hire. Right. He could be, I can't think of a, like a really successful I, group of five coach. But, I, I, I mean, he could be Scott Frost or Tom Herman, guys that don't really, or Jensen Puente, guys who are really great at group of five level, not great at good power five yeah. coaches. Yeah, and I think, honestly, between the two coaches to their respective destinations – I think Billy Napier is a better fit at Florida. He, yeah, probably so. This is somewhere where he can kind of rebuild. He can. He looks like he wears way. shorts. <laughs> I wonder, is he married? Napier, I'm sure he is. I just wonder if his wife will kiss the players. I'm sure they'll miss that. They may ask for it, dude. It may be a special request that it comes back. <laughs> uh, who hires Dan Mullen? I do not know. Um Virginia Tech's out. I don't they even hired, know. They hired Penn State and coordinator Britt Pry. Yeah. I I don't know. I think Dan Mullen ends up as a coordinator. I don't think he ends up as a head coach. Unless he just holds out for a head coaching job, then he probably gets something. Dude, if level. he waits long enough, somebody's going to get desperate. Yeah. I mean, but who who else is left out there? Oklahoma, Notre Dame. At Oklahoma's Did you imagine hire. Dan Mullen at Notre Dame? No. Neither of those schools are going to hire him. Uh, well, whoever they steal their coaches from. That's fair. I mean, uh, I, I well, can actually, see... let's, let's talk about this. How do you feel about Brent Venables, like, wanting, like, seeming like he wants to get away from Dabo? Do you think Dabo has kind of fallen off a cliff? Like, he's been in the seat for so long that he's, and I don't want to say fall off a cliff, he's forgotten Is, who he was. The question maybe? becomes, was Dabo a product of Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, or Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson products of Dabo Sweeney? I think it's the other way around. I think it's totally that Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson made, I mean, they were great players. I mean, you got to coach them up. You got to get them in the right shape. You know, you got to give them a chance to succeed. But those two guys probably, I mean, Kirby Smart came right out and said it. Like, if you're not recruiting well, it doesn't matter what kind of coach you are. And I would argue that Kirby has done a lot of coaching maneuvers that I find to be questionable. But the fact that we have so many athletes, a lot of that stuff gets overlooked. Oh, for sure. Um, and I, I guess that's what's happening with Clemson here is I think they had pretty good coaching. But the talent is starting to get thin, and you see it. Yep. Not, taking, it. Full, not taking full classes, not, doing the tra- not using the transport portal. I mean, it's just kind of thinned out their roster, just kind of like natural selection almost. Yeah, it, it is. And I understand like your reasons for not wanting to do that and stay committed to these guys. But I mean, come on, man. Like you're missing opportunities. 
you're you're having players leave because of your decisions. They're yep. literally leaving, but none's coming in to replace them. Yeah. Um, so that kind of that's the majority of the coaching news so far. Um, something else could have broke while we we're in the middle of this podcast. That's very likely. Uh, I do want to talk about one thing though: Mel Tucker's buyout being only two and a half million dollars. I don't, I don't get that at all. I don't understand how you accept that deal with no guaranteed money. I mean, it looks Wait, good. No, no, he has guaranteed money. That's only what he has to pay if he wants to leave. Oh, that's his buyout. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize. I thought you were no, saying. No, no. If Mel Tucker <laughs> wants to leave Michigan State, the school that he goes to only has to pay $2.5 million. Oh, well, then he set himself up to be somewhere big next year, too. Yep. He he sees the contracts being thrown around. He goes, I don't want to be tied up anywhere too long if I don't have to be. Yeah. Smart fellow, that guy. Um, actually, so I forgot to bring this up. We were talking about the coach stuff earlier, so I want to bring it up now. Um, so do you think that the chaos that happened over the last 72 hours is a direct result of the early signing period for recruiting? Yeah, yeah, we were talking about this over text, and it's like you said, you've got to have a head coach in place so you can get these kids to sign. Because if they don't know who they're they're playing for, they're not they'll go somewhere else where they do in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah. So early signing period, a thousand percent, I think, is what has bred this culture of. I mean, you can't blame these coaches for looking out for themselves because there's only so many of these jobs available. And I'm talking about the really good jobs. And if you if you don't look out for you, you can get – I mean, look at Dan Mullen. I mean, he won the SEC East last year, fired this year. Two years ago, Ed Ogeron won a national title. He's out at LSU. There's reasons for those things, but these coaches see it. And they know that, like, get paid, go to a good job, and if I don't have any security with my buyout, then I'm going to make it easy for myself to go somewhere else. And I think that's all because these kids are signing early. Do you think they should do away with it? I mean, as a fan, and the fact that none of it has come to harm me directly, I love it. But, I mean, if Kirby Smart were to just do what Lincoln Riley just did, I'd be like, cancel early signing day right now. <laughs> so that's that's where I'm at with it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like they need to change something. I don't. It's too. To do it's too close to the end of the season. Well, I don't man, know. It's, a lot. A lot just, of these it's kids. It's poorly placed. It's really poorly placed. Yeah, a lot of these teams. I mean, these big schools are still playing. Yeah, and, like you're you're like you're asking kids to sign with a team. Before majority of the bowl games are even played, yeah. So you're forcing coaches to not finish the season if they're changing jobs because they have to get these kids on board. But I do feel like it's kind of a Pandora's box. Like it's out now. I don't think you can put it back in. And well, so I, I don't know. I don't know how I you was listening it. to Josh Payton on the way home from work. He said he's a fan of. If you want to do an early signing period, do it like the month of August. Now, okay, so I agree with that. Like you're you're talking about, move it up to the very beginning of the season. Yes. Yeah, I'm fine with that because you're gonna know. I mean, you... I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I wish they would get rid of it 
there was nothing wrong with just having the one signing period. Splitting it up has, I mean, it used to be at circuits on signing day, but now because it's split up, it's it's not it's still crazy, but it's not quite as crazy as it used to be. And I think a, a reason a lot of these schools are so for the early signing period is because these, at the end of the day, these are eighteen-year-old kids trying to make life-changing decisions, and you want to get them locked down as quickly as possible. I think part of it too is because there's so many more people that finish their high school career early and want to come in for that. They want to be in the program for the spring semester. They had to do that to a look because, like you, you obviously can't start college in February because college is already back in session by then. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. I mean, now it's gone so far as you got kids just for going their senior year of high school. It's like, been one guy. <laughs> I mean, I know, but that started. It starts right. with one, and then it's going to be sure. more and more you're, because you're not wrong. This early signing period. I mean, I can't tell you how many guys that are on Georgia's team right now were early enrollees at one point. I mean, I, th- I feel like it's like ten guys every year at least, and it's probably probably in the twenties now. So. The, the more time you can get in, the better your odds, better your odds are of playing and making an impact. And with the money that's at stake, even at in in at the NIL level, it's worth doing. I mean, you yeah. can be making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. Yep. Before you make millions. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, there's just so many different layers to all this stuff. That it's just incredible. Uh, um, yeah, I feel. I feel the like last college... two hours have just been like the wildest ride of my life. If you're not like I know, not everybody's LSU fans. If you enjoy college football and you enjoy coaching searches as much as I do, get on Tiger Dropping. Go to the Coach Changes board. It is one of the most entertaining places on the internet. It's not always open because it's only open when LSU needs to replace a coach, but it is. The Wild West of college football message boards. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really everywhere. I mean, you go on Reddit, the college football thread Reddit of Reddit. and I don't know, board. man. There's just something about the Tiger the tiger Droppings Coaching Changes board. It just, I mean, you are right. It's There's just no place like it, man. There's just no place like it. I mean, it's getting shout out on broadcast here. Yeah, well, as it should, because like what you said, I mean, it's true. I'm just saying that the level of chaos that is ensuing right now is unlike anything I think anyone has ever seen. This is this is something I feel like when me and you are old men and we're looking back, we're going to be like, that 2021 season was the start of something entirely new. Good or bad, we'll know then, but I mean, it was... This is a wild time to be alive and to be experiencing this. I am so happy that this is the year that we started this thing. We couldn't have picked a better year to get this podcast going. Not even <laughs> remotely close. Georgia's going to win the national championship. LSU has a rough year and gets just locks up just the crazy coaching hire of all time, and it's just it's just it's just perfect. Um, and pretty much as we kind of all expected, the transfer portal transfer portal. It's starting to heat up. Uh, a new name has entered the transfer portal. Um, do you remember Fresno State quarterback Jake Hayner? Oh, really? He is in the transfer portal. 
Oh, my man. I'm going to start calling it the TP because I don't know why it's such a tongue twister, but it is. Yeah, dude. Just call it the portal. Let's just call it the portal. Yeah, because when I say transfer portal. Dude, it's, it's a it's I, it a comes struggle. Out, I struggle through we, it, too. Every week it comes out as purdle. Yeah. Transfer purdle. Uh, so Spencer Rattler, Jaden Hazelwood, Zach Evans, Dylan Gabriel, Jameer Gibbs, Jack Miller. There was a player from USC, the quarterback from Fresno State. Eli Ricks, Eli, I mean, yeah. they, that's a championship team. In the oh, right and here, here's something. Uh, there's rumors going around, which no one's really surprised by this uh, as far as Georgia goes. I don't know about anywhere else. Carson Beck and JT Daniels could be entering the transfer portal at the end of the season. Really? Yeah. Uh, I think Stetson is planning on coming back. And Daniels feels like he's not going to have a real shot because Kirby loves Stetson. And I hate to say this, but Stetson is fantastic to have when you have a generational defense. Next year's not going to be that. Stetson we, is a very uh, early 2000s saving quarterback. Yeah. We need JT Daniels or Brock Vandergriff to step up for next year. Um, I just feel like the defense is going to be too much of a liability going to next year. That's a whole other thing. But that's just two names to be looking for in the future because they are all over the place on the message boards right now. So, um, there's no telling what we're going to see in the coming weeks. but Dude, how hard is Georgia going after Zach Evans? Well, I would say pretty hard. Yeah? Round two, maybe? Well, the fact that he went to TCU and he's been able to keep it together and Supposedly. Play, supposedly. Um I think they're I think they're gonna go after him because we offered him originally and from what I understand he accepted and then we pulled it. Well, you so, know who would look great in a Brian Kelly offense. Well it definitely would be Zach Evans. Zach Evans. Uh, so he's gonna end up at one of these schools. It's gonna be sure. Georgia, LSU, or Bama, I feel like. He's gonna end up at so Gabriel's interesting. I don't know if you saw this or not, but he's picked up some crystal balls to Ole Miss. Really? Yep. That's Interesting. I think uh, he. I mean, he fits in. Same, I mean, he fits in Kevin's system for sure. Yeah, that's what's going to be so crazy about it. You're going to see guys who are just fringe players um, go to a system that best fits them, and they're going to ball out. And it's it's going to be like Gabriel, you know, coming from a. I mean, UCF is making the move to the Big Twelve, right? Yeah, next year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> He's going to end up somewhere big. You're, you're going to see more and more of that. You're going to see these flashy guys transfer. Oh, dude, the uh, Fresno State quarterback, he's transferring because he wants to go to a major Power 5 program. It, Same it, thing for the backup quarterback at, from uh, Ohio State. As far as Hainer goes, if I were Oregon or Washington, I would be all over that dude. Dude, there's a bunch of schools. I, could use I mean, I'm just talking about in you know, on the West Coast, USC seems like a place he could go to as well. But I feel like I, I feel like Riley's probably got his Spencer Rattler. Out. Spencer Rattler wants no part of it. <laughs> the te- the Instagram thing that I saw was fantastic. Where <laughs> as soon as the news came out that Rattler was in the portal on Instagram of all places, <laughs> Riley reached out and was like, "How about some Southern cowball?" And he told him to have a good one, Coach. <laughs> That's savage right there. Let's <laughs> basically that say, go. Savage right there. Go I love it, dude. I'm not doing it. I love it. 
Um, yeah, so I mean, a lot of people in the portal, it's going to keep happening. Auburn had like three and 30 minutes today. It's a bunch yeah. of like. Oh, yeah, three and 30 minutes like, in Auburn? Yeah. Yeah, it was like a bunch of backup players. But yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I think it was all backup players, but three yep. and three minutes. Especially and Tank's it, thinking about entering the portal. And they fired. Uh, fired Mike Bobo. Fired Mike Bobo. Uh, Tank was a huge uh, target of Georgia's. And somebody came in, and he was one of those like bubble guys. And a lot of we Georgia know who people. Looked great in Brian Kelly offense. <laughs> Tank Bigsby. Zach Evans. <laughs> Dude, I would love to have Tank Bigsby. If he came to Georgia, that would just be it, Kendall Milton and. Tank Bigsby, Bigsby. just sounds oh. like a Georgia running back. Doesn't he? He, he, he also very much sounds like an Auburn running back. That's true. That's true. So, right up there with Cadillac Williams. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so, as a result of Ohio State losing to Michigan, apparently Ohio State fans bought the majority of tickets in hotel rooms uh, in, the, in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship game. And they're because not they're petty, they're uh, <laughs> going to hold on to the rooms and jack up ticket prices. You know, that for the seems record, like a I love very. This. You're a what? I, I love it. This is great. Yeah, I love it as well. This is just, this is the passion of college football. <laughs> this is this year just gets better by the week. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me. It's just been so good. I mean, little stuff even like this is just making it better and better and better. What if I would have told you at the beginning of this week, Michigan beating Ohio State? would maybe crack the, crack the top five of crazy things that happened this weekend. Dude, if you could go back in time to week one and you told me that Michigan was going to beat Ohio State and it's it's not even in the top ten of craziest things to happen this season, I'd be like... That's true. That's true. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> uh, I mean, it might not even be in the top 20 of craziest things to happen this season. You're not wrong. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know if you saw the clip or not, but Jared Casey gave it uh, a little impromptu ad for Applebee's when he I got saw, shown on the bench, dude. I started following him on Twitter, and I saw that. And, oh, man, you know Applebee's is just loving it. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, the best the, – well, actually, Lincoln Riley giving them a run for their money, the quickest 180 in the, in the history of football. Yeah. <laughs> Lincoln Riley, he's getting close to making it just he's, – he's right there. <laughs> um, so Jim Bar- Jim Harbaugh has agreed to give all of his bonus money that he was going to earn this year back to the university to help out anyone at the University of Michigan who had to take that due to COVID. Ooh. So, in other words, Jim Harbaugh is saying, "Please don't fire me." Well, they're not going to now. Ever. They're no, no. I didn't realize how beloved he was at Michigan just as a player. And it gave, I didn't realize, I knew he came from there, but I didn't realize how much people loved him because that's what's the big turmoil is. It's like, you've got to split right down the middle going into this season. Should we fire him or not? And even the people that are like, yes, don't really want to. So the fact that he beat Ohio state, everyone's just like, keep him forever. (laughs) I mean, but it was a double whammy. It, It, you know, if they win, if they beat Iowa, which they should do, I mean, he's taken Michigan into unknown territory. Oh well, in the last twenty years, anyway. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's classic move by Harbaugh. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a good move. Do you think he's doing it like as just being a good dude, or do you think he's just doing it? I think to... he just genuinely loves the University of Michigan. It seems that way. I mean, yeah. at this point in his career, he's got all the money. So, yeah, like he didn't like. He's just happy to be the head coach, of Michigan. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It's just, I think that's just the truth. I also do feel like, whether whatever your opinion is, is he doing it just to curry favor or not? I do feel like it's going to earn him a lot of points with a lot of important people to him doing that. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that it's just, it's just a classy move, man. Just a classy move. It is a classy move. Uh, so I, I, I wanted to do the Sumlin versus Jimbo debate. So what I'll do is we'll actually put this at like the end, like the very end. If anybody wants to listen to it, they can listen to it. All right. So, um, so the rankings ready. came out tonight. Um, nothing super surprising. They I mean, did it. They... Saw it coming. Yeah. Also, I, I mean, am. Sur- I'm a little surprised they put Michigan ahead of Bama. I figured they'd probably keep Bama ahead of Michigan, but it really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. Um, I feel like this is the right move to make. The real question is when all the smoke is settled from Championship Weekend. Uh, if Georgia, Michigan, Bama, and Cincy, if the top six win. Well, it's impossible because two of the top six are playing each other. <clears throat> That's true. UGA and Bama. So Bama is gonna is gonna lose. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. Just like, lock hey, it in. Talk your shit. <laughs> so if UGA, Michigan, Cincy, Oklahoma State win, Notre Dame is their season's done, so they're they just waiting to see game. what happens. Correct. So if all those teams win, minus Bama. Because they're going to lose. <clears throat> Who gets in? Does Oklahoma State jump Cincy or I don't? Notre Dame. I can't won't see jump them Cincy. keeping Cincy ahead of Oklahoma State. But I think I, your top, your your four, are UGA, Michigan, Cincy, and Oklahoma State. You can't put Notre Dame above Oklahoma State or Cincy. Uh. Uh-uh. You yeah, Notre- put, you're not going to put Bama in over against a one-loss Oklahoma State that just beat the number nine team. Yeah. I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, say something even crazier happens, they may use Notre Dame not having a head coach as a reason to keep them out of the playoffs. There's a legitimate possibility of that. Yeah. After all the stupid stuff they said after these rankings come out, I can easily see them getting up there and saying, well, Notre Dame doesn't have a head coach. They're not in. Yeah, which shouldn't... I mean, you hate it for the kids, but uh, yeah, I could see that. I could totally see that. But I, I mean, aside from those things, the rankings are pretty much where I feel they should be. Yeah, I'm not. Nothing surprises me um, at all. None of this surprises me. It all looks pretty much correct after what's happened this season. Yeah, I agree. So I guess with that, I mean, unless you've got anything to add on the top 25, we'll just move into our. To our Welcome to this week's section of Jared is happy and Corey wants to take a moment to thank Ed. Yeah, so Georgia, they finished the regular season 12-0, and first time since 1982, I believe it was. So it's been 39 years. It's been a long time. Uh, Georgia looked fundamentally sound. They committed no penalties. Uh, they looked really crisp. I mean, it's Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech is not good. 
but they look they look really good. Uh, George Pickens made his debut, so one hot take from last week happened. Um, <clears throat> so he made it. He made his debut and he caught a pass. He looked pretty good. He's definitely, you know, he's not George Pickens at top form, but he's back. So you're gonna have to respect him. Um, Brock Bowers is a freak. He is a true freshman. He crushed all the tight end records at Georgia in his freshman year. And he is going to be a legitimate weapon in the playoffs, in the college, in the SEC championship, the playoffs, and God willing, the natty. <laughs> uh, everybody's starting to look healthy. Uh, I think everybody, minus the season-ending injuries, will be back and ready to go uh, for the SEC championship game. So these past two weeks against one cupcake in Georgia Tech, so technically two cupcake teams, is is looking really good for us. Uh, this was this was a, like an absolute privilege to watch this year. This this Georgia team has been unreal. It's been fun to watch. I will have to say it's the first time in my life that every single last game has been over at halftime, with the exception of the Clemson game to start the year. Uh, this team's really good. And this has been, I mean, this is the greatest Georgia team I've ever seen in the craziest college football season that I have ever seen. And right on the hills of 2020, which, you know, everybody will remember, no one went to games. There was none of what we got to see this year. And it's just been fun to watch. I mean, just like we've talked about already, the last 72 hours have been insane. It just went by way too fast, and I'm sad it's over. Um, And with that, I just want to give a shout-out to Frank and Corey for putting this podcast together. It has been fun to do this with the boys. Um, It's made watching all the games more fun. It's just made, you know, every part of college football more fun, and I've really enjoyed doing it. And, uh, man, what a great regular season. I'm sure conference championship weekend is going to be just as insane, and I can't wait to get it going. So uh, with that, Corey, if you've got anything for me, open it to you. Nah, man. Uh, like I've said all season, Georgia's going to win that championship. Everybody else, don't even bother showing up. <laughs> it's going to be really disappointing if they don't. I, I, don't, I just... don't think like that, Jared. Positive thoughts. <clears throat> I am – I'm starting to feel it. Like I'm starting to feel like I did with the Braves. Like it just. I looks feel like, like I feel like once I beat Alabama this weekend, you'll be like full blown heel mode in the playoffs. Yeah, it's gonna kind of cement it if we beat Bama. Yep. Um, especially if we beat them bad. I don't know that we'll do that, but if we beat Bama, it's gonna be huge. Yep. Uh, so that's really all I got. Uh, I just want to take a moment to thank Ed. Um, you know, it's okay to recognize what the guy did for the program while also understanding that he is no longer fit to be the head coach of LSU. Um, you, don't, you can think both things. Um, it was incredible to beat A&M. Um, just, I mean, it wasn't the most, it was a very typical LSU game this year. Pretty hot start in the first half. Let him kind of control the second half because we can't get a first down and our defense is tired. But when LSU needed to play, they got it. Uh, Max Johnson delivers a strike with 20 seconds left, and we beat those weirdos. Um, this team battled through a lot this year between 
injuries and their coach getting fired midseason and, you know, all the other crap going on. And they're going to get to make a bowl game, which is, you know, that's great for them. Um, this uh, this group of seniors is probably one of my more favorite ones. Um, this is like the last group of guys that were part of the 2019 class. I mean, you got guys like Ed Ingram and Todd Harris and Michael Baskerville and Ron Clark and Andre Anthony and Chase Hines. I mean, all these players, Glenn Logan, Neil Ferrier, Austin Deculus, all these players that stuck with LSU for all four years. They didn't transfer. They went through coaching changes. They went through all the crap that they've had to go through, COVID and everything else. And they finished their season up, and they're going to get to go play in a bowl game. Um, Austin Deculus becomes the first player in LSU history to start 60 games, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, and one thing that's for sure that you got to say about Ed is there's never going to be another head coach at LSU that loves being the head coach at LSU as much as Ed Ordron did. Um, that's, that's just a fact. Uh, Brad Davis will coach for the bowl game. Um, I included that I didn't know who the coach was going to be. That was a lie. It just it took me a little bit longer to find out than I thought. Um, excited to see what Brian Kelly can do, man. I think it's a good hire. Um, hopefully he brings us at least one more national championship. Well, I'd say that uh, two things you said there. No coach will ever love being the head coach at LSU as much Not as Not even close, Jared. He was the embodiment of it. And I also think uh, I think Brian Kelly is probably going to bring the hardware home with his ability and what resources he'll have at LSU. I'm going to tell you what, man. If Ed Orgeron and Les Miles can win a national championship at LSU and Brian Kelly can't, maybe we just got to keep hiring stupid coaches. Well, I'll tell you this. Uh, stupid coaches, I mean, it's a rough way to put it but they really have a way of connecting with their players that when you get a team together. It's true. LSU, Ed Odron reminds me of my high school football team so much I can't even stand it. Like My <laughs> head coach was just like Ed Odron in a lot of ways, just saying some wild and crazy stuff. But the players wanted to die for that dude. Like They, they wanted to win for him. Now, on the flip side, when it goes off the rails, it goes off the rails pretty hard. No doubt. <laughs> so, so, I, I don't know what it is, but you can get a lot out of a player with coaches like that. That's true. That's true. Um, I hope Ed has fun in Destin, which I'm sure is where he'll be until he runs out of money and has to come back to coaching. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, thanks for thanks for everything, Ed. I appreciate it. It was a good ride, except for the last, like, year and a half. <laughs> yeah, I'm sad to see him go, too. I mean – he was just like the living meme of what a coach at LSU should be. And I'm gonna I know. Him. I mean, we went from the Mad Hatter eating grass on the sidelines to Coach O, can't understand a word he's saying, go Tigers. Go and Tigers. And now we've got Brian Kelly. Yep. And now you have a very articulate asshole. <laughs> uh, an Irish Catholic from Boston. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's it. we're going to miss him. No doubt. It's been uh, a hell of a ride. <laughs> it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, all right, game reviews. Uh, let's kind of, I guess, roll through these pretty quick. We're already at 55 minutes. Yeah, we, we got a lot of news. Uh, Florida State beat Florida beats Florida State. Uh, they're going to go to a bowl game. Congrats to them. <laughs> yep, bowl eligibility bowl. And uh, Florida wins. Florida State, you know, I think Florida State's going to be a lot better in the coming years. I don't know about Florida. 
they were down to like their third string quarterback, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they were. Um, as we talked about earlier, Michigan, 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 Michigan. beats the crap out of Ohio State. I mean, just dominant performance from them. That's really all yeah. you can say. Michigan wanted it more, man. No doubt. They wanted it. They the weather definitely it. helped, though. Yeah, everything about the environment, just period, played into Michigan's hands. So. For sure. Um, Baylor beats Texas Tech, so they will play, they will be playing Oklahoma State in the Big Twelve Championship. Um, Texas Tech, man, they fought. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising with Texas Tech just how bad they started off the year as, but they uh, they really turned things around. Uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just uh, I mean, they they got blown out by Oklahoma State. But other than that, they played pretty hard for most of the season after the coach got fired. Yeah, for sure. Um, Wake Forest beats up on Boston College and locks up their their berth in the ACC championship. And the surprise game of the weekend, <laughs> the saddest game of the weekend. Yeah, North Texas gets or North Texas blows out UTSA forty five twenty three. I don't understand it. I don't know who UTSA is or what what I mean, happened. I haven't watched any UTSA football, so I don't know. Yeah, I was sad to see it happen though. The Meep Meeps finally had a loss. Um, oh, so Jake Hayner is actually uh, likely returning to Washington. So apparently that's where he was before he went to Fresno State. So oh. He's going back. Um, Bama, Bama versus Auburn. Auburn, man. Yep, that was one of the best games. I mean, Dude, we had converted three. You on the overtime rules. Yep. Yeah, it was. It was so good, and I hate to say it, but when it got down to just a two-point conversion. There's nobody worse to have as an offensive coordinator than Mike, Mike Bobo. Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> and it played into Bama's hands. Dude, I mean, we joke about Auburn collapses, but then they go out and do this. Yeah, I I don't I just feel like the way it played out, just the 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 the, the chess match that is football came in and Nick Saban out chest Harson, that's all there is to it. Yep, he was a better coach. Take Bigsby going out of bounds at the end, gave everything Bama needed to win, just to get it to overtime. That's all they needed. <laughs> um, they Oregon beats Oregon State in the Civil War. Um, yeah. I didn't watch any of this game. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, I was too busy watching Bedlam. Yeah, I was too busy refreshing the coaching changes board. <laughs> Um, Michigan State beats Penn State. Yep, the battle of the $100 million dollar coaches. What's that? I said the battle of the $100 yeah, million dollar coaches. coaches with some fat contracts, thanks to LSU. Yeah, and uh, Mel Tucker comes out on top. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin blows their chance to play in the Big Ten title game by losing to Minnesota. I did not see that coming. Wisconsin. I mean, it doesn't really shock me. I just thought Wisconsin had turned the corner, I guess. I don't think they have. Nope. Obviously not. <laughs> nope, they have not. Uh, Clemson just absolutely dismantled South Carolina. Yeah, I mean, you could see, I think this is a perfect perfect representation of Clemson's offense. Like, not very explosive, but that defense is still really good. For now. Yeah, for now. We'll see what happens. Um, on his way out. Bedlam, just <laughs> one of the wildest games I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, and uh, it was 
was it at halftime? When was it that they started playing? It was during, so uh, Oklahoma called a timeout. And during the timeout, Oklahoma State started playing Call and Baton Rouge, which <laughs> is a, a, it's an 11 out of 10 troll job. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so good. You and can then, hear you can hear uh, Kirk Herbstreet, and I think is it Brad Nessler who he does it with? No, no, no. He does it with uh, Chris Fowler. Chris Fowler. I always get those two confused. Um, you can hear Colin Baton Rouge playing in the background, and I think if you watch the clip, I think Herbstreet kind of catches it and kind of like laughs to himself because he does <laughs> like nothing. He knows, but like he, he just keeps going. But I think you can hear them playing Colin Baton Rouge. Yeah, I think I saw the clip you're talking about. He's talking, and then you just kind of see him start smiling. He just pauses. (laughs) He's like, uh, oh, (laughs) wow. (laughs) It's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Iowa beats Nebraska. Nebraska cements themselves as the greatest (laughs) three and nine team in the history of college football. Yeah, did you see the stat? They're one of the first teams. I think there's only a handful of teams that have ever done this. 239 points scored on the season, 239 points given up. In, in Big Ten play, they are perfect. It's 239. <laughs> I mean, that's unreal. It is, it's incredible. And the only I win vote, three games. I vote that Nebraska and Hawaii should just play a bowl game in Hawaii. Yeah. I did see um, somebody on a message board said, like, I am convinced that if Nebraska plays anyone in the SEC, they'll still score 30 points and figure out a way to lose. No doubt, dude. No <laughs> doubt. Um, like the game we talked about earlier, NC State pulls off just the craziest comeback of all time against UNC. Well, that was a great – that was another great game this weekend. Um, and then we had the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Yep, no one really cared to win it, but somebody had to win it, and it was Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. I think the Egg Bowl might be my favorite college football rivalry. I enjoyed it. It's kind of hilarious to me that it doesn't matter it's, to either coach. It's always it's, it's like always on Thanksgiving night, isn't it? Yeah, I believe so. It's just or, like, no, 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 it hasn't been for the last couple of years, but it is officially back on. It's like two drunk uncles fighting <laughs> yeah. with glass bottles at the end of Thanksgiving, just like ready to kill each other <laughs> yeah except for lane kiffin and mike Lee. <clears throat> i mean it's fun football it's always a good game yeah it's it's one of the, it's one of the it's one of the greats for sure yeah. it's right up there with the civil conflict <laughs> the civil conflict <laughs> uh overachievers underachievers overachievers i've got lsu baylor wick forest underachievers i got unc a&m and ohio state yeah, I've got Michigan, Michigan State, and Nebraska as my overachievers. Uh, Nebraska simply for the fact that they're the greatest three and nine team of all time. That's why I put ever, it even though they lost, they're still the greatest of all time at that rank. Uh, my underachievers are Bama, Wisconsin, and UTSA. Uh, Bama should have blown them out, and they didn't. Wisconsin blows it. UTSA, the run's over, baby. Meet me. <laughs> So with that, we'll just jump right into the hot takes. My hot take, before I knew who was going to be hired, (laughs) I put Notre Dame make the playoffs, and I have a side note that said, well, this is awkward. (laughs) Um, My next hot take is that Bama will miss the playoff. And then my third hot take, I don't want this to happen because I'm kind of rooting for Michigan to make it now. But if it does play out like this, I'll just take suffice and, you know, 
I, I said this in week one. Iowa beats Michigan to give me my ultimate hot take from week one that the Big Ten will miss the college football playoffs entirely. Um, I, I, I don't think I was going to be Michigan. I don't either. But I don't either. That's but, your hot take. But I was convinced uh, Ohio State wasn't going to lose either. That's true. That's true. Uh, so my hot take, this first one is not a hot take, it's just a fact. Uh, Scott Woodward is the greatest athletic director of all time. <laughs> I mean, he... <laughs> Chris he Peterson hit. in Washington, uh, Jimbo Fisher, Texas A&M, and then at LSU. And even, like, his basketball hires have been solid. His <clears throat> like, he's... That dude just doesn't miss. Yeah. He is real, real good at taking the best, some of the best talent. In the, if you're the an business. established, if you're like the AD of an established school and LSU has a job open, hide your coaches. Yeah. Scott Woolworth. We're, we're coming for, for all. <laughs> uh, my second hot take is I think Cincinnati is going to make it in at number three and they're going to beat whoever they play and they're going to make the title game. It's going to be Georgia versus Cincinnati for the national title. How bonkers would that be? I think it's going to happen, dude. <laughs> I think they can beat Michigan. I mean, I think they can too. I think uh, I think they beat Michigan. I think they beat Oklahoma State. They already yeah. beat Notre Dame. They're not yeah. going to beat Bama, and they're probably not going to beat Georgia. No. I think that, they're probably not going to beat Bama. They're definitely not going to beat Georgia. Yeah, I could see the Bama-Cincy game. Playing out a lot like the Georgia Cincy game did. Uh, Auburn, Auburn, Alabama. No, no, no. I'm talking about the. No, no, that's what the, it's going to look exactly like that game. Oh yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> but I was thinking about the Cotton Bowl or Sugar Bowl yeah. from last year. Uh, and gonna, then my third hot take is Oklahoma does not recover from the Lincoln Riley gutting of their program in time for their jump to the SEC. I boy, think they are in a world of trouble. If you could go back in time and have someone like tell someone to their face, straight faces can be, Oklahoma's going to the SEC. Lincoln Riley's going to leave in the night before they do it, though. Just, like, do you think people would just laugh at you? There's no know. way I would have thought in a million years that this is where this all plays out. I'm going to sit down, like I guess, like I don't know, one of our last episodes, and I'm going to come. I'm just going to look at everything that happened this season. And I'm going to come up with the craziest sentence to tell someone at the beginning of the season. I'm just, That's actually I'm sit, good. I'm gonna, we, should, we should each do it. We should sit down and come up with the craziest sentence possible. That okay? So we're going to do a, a, nas- a national title episode. That can be. That'll be our homework for that episode. Yeah. Okay. Deal. Um, so moving on to games this weekend: conference championships, conference USA. Uh, these are all pick'em games, by the way. Um, I haven't actually picked any of these yet. UTSA versus Western Kentucky. Uh, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Roadrunners. I'm gonna say UTSA. I'm gonna take the Roadrunners as well. Western Kentucky's favorite in this game. Yeah, Uh, by one point. So it's a pick'em game essentially. Oregon versus Utah, the Pac-12 championship. I don't understand how Utah is a two and a half point favorite. I feel like they should be much higher, and I'm gonna pick Utah to beat them again. I'm picking Utah to beat them again as well. Uh, Big 12 championship, you got the number nine Baylor Bears versus the number five Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, I'm going to roll with Okie State. <clears throat> I'm going to pick Baylor. Uh, no. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick Baylor. Why not? I'm 
I'm st- by the way, for the record, I'm still uh, number two twenty in the ESPN rankings. Man, that's impressive. Yeah, I'm, I got like yeah, I got only got like sixty points last week, and I'm still in it. Uh, the MAC championship, Kent State versus Northern Illinois. Uh, I I don't have the slightest idea of who to pick in this game, so I guess I'm gonna go with the favorite. And I'll go with Northern Illinois. Uh, I'm also picking Northern Illinois. No real reason. Yeah, no no reason at all here. Uh, Mountain West Championship, Utah State Aggies versus San Diego State Aztecs. Uh, I'm going to go with the Aztecs. I'm going to go with the Aztecs as well. Sun Belt Championship, uh, Appalachian State versus ULL. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with App State. With I am Billy. as well. <laughs> yeah, with Billy Napier out, uh, Napier. Well, he's coaching the game. Set. He is coaching the game. Well... Well, I'm still going to go App State. I am too. Um, SC Championship, Georgia. Georgia. Um, AAC Championship, Houston versus Cincinnati. I'm going to pick Cincinnati. I am going to pick Cincy as well. I just think they're, they've are they got too much on the line to lose this game. Yep. Uh, Big Ten Championship, Michigan versus, Ohio, uh, versus Iowa. <laughs> 90% of this country has picked Michigan to win. I am also going to pick Michigan to win. I'm also picking Michigan to win as well. And Pitt versus Wake Forest. It's Pitt's year, man. I'm picking Pitt. It's Pitt's year, man. Let's go, baby. <laughs> hey, I forgot uh, to say something real quick before we move. Well, let's do this non-pick'em game, then I'll say it. Uh, so we got USC versus Cal. Uh, this is a makeup game for the one game that got postponed for COVID protocols. Oh, okay. Uh, um, I guess I'm going to pick Cal. I'm going to pick Cal as well. Um, we'll do an episode next week so we, we can talk about Army and Navy next week. Um. All right, so what were you going to talk about? You're going to ask me something? Dude, watching LSU play, you know, it just felt like, you know what they were playing like. They were playing like they had nothing to lose. <laughs> they played like they had nothing to lose, man. <laughs> you know who else played like they had nothing to lose? Uh, Who's that? <laughs> Texas Tech. Texas Tech. They sure did. <laughs> Shh. Hush, dog. Sorry. <laughs> All right. And so with that, I guess we've made it to our random topic time. Yep. Uh, what were your two favorite games this season? One for your team, one from at large. Uh, in typical Corey fashion, I'm not just going to pick one. <laughs> and, and that's why I gave you the option of two. <laughs> well, I'm picking multiple games because I can't. This season was so insane, I can't limit myself to just like one game. Um, so for the LSU games, it's going to be Florida and A&M because – as bad as we were, as rough as this season was, at least we beat Florida and AM. Yeah. Um, and then for the rest of the season, God, Jared, like, how, where do I even begin? I mean, uh, Oklahoma versus Texas, uh, I mean, Georgia versus Clemson, which was, I mean, not a super exciting game, but I mean, there's been yeah, so but it, many games. It, 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 yeah, I, there are a ton of games, and I'm going to mention one you just – well, actually, I'm going to mention both of what you just said. <laughs> that was my two games. The, for, for me, it was the Clemson-Georgia game because it's like it set the tone not only for Georgia but for, for college football because it kind of didn't go at all the way people expected, not yeah. only with the teams, the way they played, but what the score ended up being. And then the other one was the Red River shootout. I mean, that game was incredible. And then – I, I would say 1A, 1B for that at-large. The Ohio State-Michigan game was incredible. I say, just look at this weekend. I mean, the UNC versus NC State game. I know you didn't watch it, but that game was insane. 
The, it was. The it was Penn so State good. Wisconsin game from earlier this year. That was a fantastic game. I mean, there's yeah. been so many. There's been so many great games this year. Yeah, there I has. can't even like. I know I'm forgetting like 20 great games. Yeah, I, I, yeah, same. It, it was a great, uh, just such a good season. Um, all right. Well, unless you got anything else to add, we'll just move right along. No, I just uh, want to like go back and look at everybody's records and be like, oh my god, I completely forgot about this game. God, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like I was just sitting here running through some of my head, and like I mean, the Iron Bowl was incredible. Bedlam was incredible. Um, I mean, so many great games. I mean, there's just a million of them. <clears throat> UCLA yeah. and Fresno State was an amazing game. We should Way go through back. and like do a top five from each conference. Top five. All conference. right. That, yeah, we can do that. Um. <clears throat> all right. I'm just gonna move into the next topic because I think we're running low on time. That we're uh, okay. <clears throat> well, I'll just move into it anyway. Thanksgiving was last week, and the regular season is over. What were you thankful for this football season? If you had one thing, what would you say it is? I know my answer. It's chaos. Yeah, I am so thankful for chaos. Chaos? Yes, absolute uh, chaos. It has been a pleasure to watch after what 2020 was. 2021 was just so much fun. You know what? I, th- I know what I'm most thankful for. Gia, the emotional support monkey. <laughs> oh, dude, you can't forget the pole assassin. Dude, it's just. <laughs> I mean, that story just encapsulates the 2021 season. That's all we remember from 2021. Worth it. Worth it. Oh, well, we will never forget it because it will now live on in this podcast forever. I mean, Gia, the emotional support monkey. Such a good story. <laughs> All right. Uh, who wins the Heisman? Dude, I don't know. I mean, I'm still of the thought that it should be Will Anderson. Uh, well, how do you feel about Aiden Hutchinson? Uh, I mean, golly, he's got it could be either one. He should be up there. He should yeah. go. I mean, I just don't I feel like there is a quarterback this year. I think giving it to Bryce Young is such a cop-out. If Bryce Young Especially beats if Georgia, they lose and they don't look particularly good against yeah. Georgia, if they just give it to him, just to give it to a quarterback, yeah, this is a worthless year in my opinion. I mean, if you're going to give it to an offensive player, I'm still of the mind that Kenneth Walker is the best offensive player in the country. How did he do this weekend? I mean, I know sh- oh no, 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 it was last weekend he got shut down. Yeah, I... last weekend it was against um, Michigan, no Ohio yeah. State that he got he got shut down. Yeah, and how did he do against this past weekend? He did. He had 138 yards rushing. How many touchdowns? Just one. I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. There's not a really great group. There's not. There's no. There's not a ton of great quarterbacks, and it's become such a quarterback-heavy award. And there's no Devontae Smith, a like wide receiver who's just lighting it up. That I don't know, man. It's going to be Bryce Young, but it shouldn't be. <clears throat> yeah, and what has he got this year? He's got 1,200 yards this year. Yeah. He's got uh, – no. He's got to have more than that. He's got 1,600 yards and 18 touchdowns this year. I mean, that's 
That's up there with Heisman level awards. In 2021 college football, that's pretty good. That's really good. So, I mean, if you told me who do you want to send, like who's five guys you want to send, I would say Will Anderson, Aiden Hutchinson, uh, Kenneth Walker, Bryce Young, and I guess Matt Corral would be my number five. Kenny uh, Pickett's on the ballot. <clears throat> I know he is, but I mean, Dude, it's like me, you give said. Me, give me Kenny two gloves up there. Dude, He's not going to win, Jared. Just put him give, up there. Give me kissing titties, Trubisky times three. Okay, just give me all three Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky. <laughs> just have one of them show up and be like, "This is Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, and uh, Sam Howell." Yeah, we're just all the same guy, actually. <laughs> so yeah, just give just it one, to one of us. <laughs> we have been. You know why Matt Corral looks so banged up? Because he's already played two games on Saturday. Yeah, that's true. That's true story. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what is the worst Christmas tradition? Uh, Christmas carols. Oh, my God. That was my answer. Caroling <laughs> is the worst tradition, bar none. Somebody knocks on my door and they just start singing. Is Did you so knock on my door and you just start singing? I'm closing the door. But like, I, I want to be a good guy here and listen. listen. I'm going to listen because I'm a nice guy. I'm going to listen. I'm not. But well, I'm going to thank him. I'm going to turn the door and be like, what was that? Why? You know what Why? I would do? I was like, point behind him, like, oh, my God, what's that? And Susie turned around. And also, I have a horrible story with caroling. I went caroling once in my life. Why? I was uh, I was in a youth group in church. And Why? we went to a, uh, where'd we go? It was a, it was a nursing home. And. My grandfather had Alzheimer's, so me and like two other people were selected to go into the Alzheimer's ward after we did our caroling to give cookies and a Christmas card to some of the Alzheimer's patients. I was like 11, 12. My first naked woman was a like 80-year-old woman with Alzheimer's. She just like walked out of her room naked, and I had to hand her cookies. Oh, dude, it's Halloween, dude. Save your horror stories for another day. <laughs> I mean, but Carolyn's ruined for me after that. <laughs> uh, all right, dude. What is your go-to catchphrase that can be used in any situation? I usually say it is what it is. Mine's no doubt. I say no that doubt. all the time. I don't know where I, was, I picked it up from, but I say no doubt. I say no time. doubt a lot as well. Uh, 10 out of 10. I've, I've just 10 out of 10, it. only in Battlefield. Uh, <laughs> there's some great ones. Yeah, I feel like mine is it is what it is. Oh, for sure. I think Adam. <sighs> My man. My man. Somebody just sent me a me- somebody just sent us a message on Discord or sent me a message on Discord uh, asking if I seen the Outriders updates. Do you play Outriders? <laughs> no, nah, I didn't. Is it now he calling you about them? <laughs> no, nah, I got I to take this. Hold on. Just keep talking. All right. Um,. And with that, we'll just move on to before uh, the playoffs kick off. Who do we think plays for the Natty and who wins it? Um, I think Georgia. I think Georgia and Michigan play for the national title, and I think Georgia wins it. That's my pick. Um, it, it's hard to say. I, I think Georgia's going to play in the national title game regardless. Uh, and the only reason I say that is just they're truly dominant this year. They're so dominant. I would be stunned. It's not impossible. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I would be stunned if they lost to Bama or if they lost in the first round of the playoffs, either one. 
Uh, is it possible? It's totally possible. But I would I would be shocked. And I kind of feel the same way about the national title. It's not a given. But I just don't see the only team that could play us in the playoffs that I view as a legitimate threat is Bama. And, and I don't know if that's because Bama of what they've done in the past, if that just haunts Georgia and Georgia fans, or... I wouldn't be worried about Bama. I'm not truly the only team I was really worried about was Ohio Ohio State yep. and they're out of the picture. I just so who, Georgia, who do you think you'll play? I think Georgia's going to end up. I, I'm thinking Georgia and Michigan. Georgia Michigan. But I'm saying I, I, I said it earlier in my hot takes. I think it's going to be Georgia Cincinnati. Yeah, I also think that is a very realistic one. Um. um yeah. I just don't see Georgia losing the SEC championship or their first playoff game. I just don't see a team that is a really dangerous matchup for Georgia in this top ten. No, I don't either. Ohio State is the exception because of their offense. They're not going to make it. Ole Miss. It Ole Miss could be, be there. Pure chaos for Ohio State to make it into the playoff. I don't see. I mean, you're talking. Cincy. I think Michigan loses. Oklahoma State loses. Cincy loses. How wild would that be if next week we have Ohio State, it's, UGA, it's UGA, Notre one. Dame? Yeah, dude, I, I mean, Bama would end up back in at four, wouldn't they? Even if they lost dude, to Georgia. What if Baylor snuck in from beating Oklahoma State? I mean, that's possible. It's really possible. But, it's uh, <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> There's so many things that could happen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's pretty much all I got for this week. You got anything else? No, that 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 about wraps it up. We've got about nine minutes left in our time anyway, but great season, man. We'll save the uh, Jimbo versus Kevin Sumlin debate for another day. Uh, I mean, you've got the time if you want to run through it. I mean, we can save it for next week if you want. Let's save it for another day. Let's save it for the end of the season. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll have more time next week because it's going to be – well, I say that. Dude, Dana, tell me. This podcast is probably already out of date. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to click over and just see all the madness that has happened. All right. Well, it's actually, they they uh, showed Ryan Kelly's contract. It says base salary is four hundred thousand dollars. He's supplemental compensation of eight point six, and it looks like it goes up like two hundred thousand dollars every two years so at the end of his contract it's 9.6 that looks like a pretty standard deal there's nothing crazy Ooh, uh did An- is anthony richardson no nah, i think he's all in on billy napier okay yeah i just saw this new tweet i was like no way this dude's gonna jump out now Oh, what, I mean, just what a wild year. It's just crazy, dude. It's just, there's been nothing else like this. Yeah, there's, there's nothing. Nothing like this at all. All right, man. So that's it for this week. Um, Go Tigers, go dogs. Yep, go dogs. Uh, Good luck with your new coach. And we will meet back here next week to discuss whether Jared is the happiest he's ever been as a college football fan or more the same. (laughs) No doubt. 
no doubt. Uh, Adam Short. Uh, we're going to go play some Halo. Time for some Halo. Later. Later.